going on? This is Keith, and you're here with the Process Podcast. And this is going to be our bounce special with Chuck Collins. Okay, so basically, the Process is a podcast that um, basically investigates the the artist's way, the way in which an artist goes about creating his or her craft. And by art, it can mean anything, whether you are like an actual painter, or whether you are a writer, or a filmmaker, or editor, it's something. Art as is defined in where you create a given product or piece to elicit an emotional reaction from others. And that can be done a myriad of other ways, including, uh, you know, I don't know, if you have a knitting club, that's, knitting can be an art. Um, being this, that, that this is a bound special, we are in Chuck's bar, the place, the birthplace, the creation of his characters for the very popular webcomic, Bounce. Chuck, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? All right. Um, as we stated, my name is Chuck Collins, and uh, I'm an illustrator, animator, based out here in New York City. Um, but on the side, which has become more my full-time career, I am a bouncer. So... I used to work uh, in animation for about a decade. I worked over at Baldwin Blitz Studios, uh, Nickelodeon Animation Collective, and various other freelance projects across, I guess, within the tri- within the New York area. Um, <clears throat> so you have a lot of experience. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So you say animation's your first love, and beating people up for a living is your second? They both kind of go hand in hand, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but no. Um, I would say, yeah, illustration and animation is my first one. All right, so Chuck, why don't you tell us a little bit about that popular webcomic, Balance. What's it about? It's basically my experiences as a New York City bouncer. Um, it, the first one I ever did was based on, on the fact that, you know, a multiple amount of things happen when I work. Like, what thing, kind of things? Someone, All right, you know, like, give our audience an example. Right. What kind of stuff happens? Somebody comes with a fake ID. Come with a fake ID. These kids want to come out. They want to have fun, whatever. They don't get a, They don't get the fact that it puts us in a, in a very bad situation. Do you let them in? No. Oh, oh, of course not. What if she's really hot? No. That's even more of a reason why I won't let her in. Well, what if a guy slips you a 50? No. Okay. Here's what you have to understand. The kind of places. Oh, so, so, so yeah. if I came and I, I had a fake ID, you caught it, uh-huh. and I was like, "Come on, bro, look, I got hit. You know, here's a bend. I can get in." I would tell you to take the fake ID, take the fifty, and have a good night. Well, Benjamin. Oh, or a hundred, whatever it is, have a good night. Because nothing is worth the backlash of getting raided when you have an underager in the bar. Mm. Okay. All right. Anything else? I mean, come on, give us something sexy. Like, like six. All right, I got one story for you. People like to be adventurous. People like to go ahead and say, oh, no one's looking. Take their partner. Let's go ahead and have sex in the bathroom. Now, by partner, you mean? Whatever. Doesn't whatever? matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. In this day and age, doesn't matter. All right. So, so like little Maha Club, but in the basement, kind of in, in, okay. in, in the in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Yeah. 
Uh, not the most hygienic place to hit no, it. No, no, not at all. Okay. Especially in the night where everyone's either wasted, throwing up, or doing some kind of nasty stuff in the bathroom. You know, that's the last place you want to indulge in that kind of activity. But, Extracurricular. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that's what I find interesting is that people like to live a little bit on the edge, or they can't cope. So that happens cold. a lot? Happens often. Okay. <clears throat> Is it, I'm giving you something very minute that happens All right, so on my story. nightly. Boom, so we're there. I will tell you this one story. There was one night I was working here, and bar was kind of dead. There was a couple in one of the booths, and they were just getting it on. I mean, like, they were just... You know what I'm saying? I thought the dude was going to, like... steamy or drunken? I'm like talking... Two homeless people on the train. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Nothing like that. Okay. No, no, no. It was hot and steamy. This was, like... At, at some point, I thought this dude was going to just eat the girl. Like, eat her face. Like, that's how much... Okay. Like, I had to keep walking by... Just so they could be. Right, you, you were into it? That's why you kept walking by? No, I wasn't oh. into it, man. <laughs> people. I people can tell your story, bro. I know, I know, I know. But say it. People just can't. They, you can't have sex in a public place. So, you know, they see the awkwardness. So, they both go into the bathroom. And at first, when they're going towards the bathroom, the guy goes into the men, in the men's bathroom, and the lady's going to the ladies' bathroom. But then she kind of opens the door back up and tells him to come in. And he slips in. I saw this, and me being you, I, me being me, I let thirty seconds go by. And when I let thirty seconds go by, I run into the bathroom and I hit the door really hard. I kick the door in. Boom. This girl, this this guy has the girl on the sink, legs wrapped around him, like, hey, like, and it's a party. Yeah. So I kick the door in, and she screams at the top of her lungs. She picks up her panties, runs out. This dude is like, dude, dude, like, you know, she was ready, and I was like, dude, there's a particular way that you do things. This is not the kind of thing that you do at a bar. Go home. If you feel that you should get that far, go somewhere that's comfortable, not here. And you know what? Even if you, whatever, even if you wanted to do that and live a little bit on the edge, I have a job to do. <laughs> and I, I witnessed you going in. I can't ignore it. So, so you basically get these weird kind of funny like scenarios that happen. And that was funny. So, all right. So let's, let's take this a little back. A little way back. Um, I know a couple months ago when I came to visit you just on chance, right? As a lark, you're like, hey, hey, keep, come here, check this out. And you open up your wallet and you have this little slip of paper. And the paper was like, it was like, and you're like, I want to say prison handwriting because it was like a little sheet of paper and you had like, so like 20 scenarios written out. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is cool. He was like, man, I got some ideas. I think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do. A, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a comic book about like my job and all the crazy stuff that happens here. And, and, and here it is. And so of course I'm looking at it, and it's basically like, you know, sort of like an index of like the themes that you would cover in your in this like non-existent webcomic. And now, fast forward the summer, yeah. and then boom, bounce launches. Walk us through that. All right. I mean. You know, honestly, like, I, I didn't realize... I mean, this is an idea I've had for a while. I've had a lot of experiences um, bouncing 
things that I don't as 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 much as the scenarios are funny, and a lot of scenarios that happen that just, just really messes with you, and you're just like, if you have a conscious, you have a soul, you just be like, oh wow, I just went through that. But I wanted a platform to tell this story, and I'm not a novelist, and I, I thought it was a little bit doing a graphic novel would be a little bit too serious. So there was one day I was reading a bunch of old school, uh, so I was reading like Doonesbury, Bloom County, and like, I, I subscribed to like Go Comics, and I, I read all this stuff, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, you know, why not go the webcomic route? Turn it into a joke. I mean, even though some of the stories are a little bit dark, but have a little bit of laugh about it. And when I did the first one, the very first one I did, I tackled something that I, I, I get really annoyed with, which is cokeheads. Yeah. No offense to all the good cokeheads out there, but yeah, it gets a little annoying. I thought heroin was the drug of choice these days. Oh no, coke? It's coke? Forget about it. It's, it's it's like the '80s times ten out here. Oh, all right. No so idea. Continue. Yeah. Carry on, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like you know the very first one I did, I tackled that, you know, because the, what inspired the book was I had an altercation with a dude who came in here who's hopped up on coke that's actually a regular that comes here. And when he's sober and he's not on drugs, he's a really cool dude. But this guy, once once he gets on, you know, he gets to drinking, he gets on coke, he's an impossible guy to deal with. And I was so frustrated with what would happen because I had to kick him out. I had to physically kick him out. And then I was so upset by it when I got home Instead of going to sleep, I just started sketching out this comic. And then when I did it, I decided to just go through Google, follow, follow it through all the way. And then the first one just came out. So it was basically cathartic to kind of yeah. get those, <clears throat> get that experience out, yeah. get those emotions out, put on paper, right. and just translate into something that for the rest of the people to kind of get a look at and see. Yep. This is just, just happening. This moment here, this moment in humanity, eh, probably not the shining most, you know, shining no. moment in humanity, <laughs> no, right? Not, not at the all. best example of what we can do. I mean, of. yeah, I mean, okay, if you don't mind me saying, like, just gonna sound a little bit uh, preachy, or whatever, but preach on. <laughs> the way that I see it is that most of us work our regular nine to five every day, right? And we love it. And, yeah, well, no, not no, really. No, no. no. We but, don't. <laughs> it's funny you say that because that's the exact point I'm gonna make. Most of us think that we love it, but the thing is, what I deal with as a bouncer is I deal with the person who's coming in sober, dealing with that nine to five life. And then they get a couple of drinks into their system, and then you get to see how they really are. You get to see the side of themselves. If they're happy in their lives, they're a happy drunk. If they're a an angry drunk, it's because they're really upset about something in their lives. And it always happens. You'll either have the person that doesn't want to get that doesn't get their way, and you have to kick them out. Or you get the person that yaps at you all night and says, oh, hey, this is going on in my life right now. And you have to sit there and accept it because, you know what, they're drunk and they just want to vent. So you, you you actively or maybe passively listen to them yeah, describe yeah. their lives. Exactly. 
But um, after a while, it just becomes something that you just see reflection of society of what they deal with in their waking life as opposed to when they just let loose. I have to witness when they let loose. And, and it, it could be bad. It could be bad. It could be good. It could be funny. It could be like, it could be like, oh my god, I really didn't need to see that right now. Like it could be anything. You never know. That's the thing about this job is that I can walk in. I walked into the bar and had to put somebody in chokehold walking in because they were getting ready to attack the the bartender or the other bouncer. Like, I, okay, this is how my night is starting. I had to put somebody in chokehold. Like this, I was going on right now. So basically, once again, it comes back to you get paid to be I get paid to keep the peace. Sometimes you got to do particular drastic measures to do that, but it is. Says the guy as he's about to like down a shot of whiskey. Go ahead. That's how it is. But. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I beat people for a living. Yes. Shot of whiskey. That's how we do. But I often um, try to get the more psychological way of dealing with situations. Oh, hands-free, sort of? Yeah. I, I, I don't like... Look, I'm at an age right now, I can't... I can't afford... I'm a black man living in New York City. I cannot afford to get into a fight with some self-entitled rich kid that decides they want to be, you know, whatever for the night, and then I got to, like, put them in their place. Joe McBone, tough guy. Yeah. I'm going to be a tough guy. Oh, yeah. I've dealt with all kinds of... I've dealt with that kind of element. I've dealt with elements that come in here that are just got out of prison that are kind of looking for trouble but not looking for trouble because they don't want to go back in. So they know when to back off. They know when not to back off. I deal with so people... So they, wait, 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 they come from prison and they're looking at you? They, well, they come in here and they get drunk because they, they've been in prison for so long they don't know what to do with themselves. And, you know, they, they, they sit there and they're like, oh, well, I can probably get away with this. And I tell them, no, you can't. I'm like, who are you to tell me that? And I'm like, I'm the bouncer. All right, I'm not trying to go back into prison, but you're lucky that I'm not that guy anymore because if, if I was... We'd be fighting. I'm like, all right, whatever. A win for like me, fun. yeah. A win for me is just getting you out of the bar. I don't give it. I don't give it when, crap like, about like. And that goes with anyone, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, the win for you is just, just you came. You yeah. had a good time. Yeah, it came. You had a good time. I'm sorry that I have to inform you that you have to leave because you're too drunk. But as long as you leave the bar, I don't have a beef. Or, 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 or basically, where Martin Lawrence was throwing you out of his apartment. Yes. You don't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. Can't stay here. Yep. Can't step in. Yep. I got it. Right. All, right. All right. So, um, you know, you put this down. You chronicle your experiences mm-hmm. on the internets. That's right. I said internets. On the interwebs. The webs. What's the reaction? Um, the reaction to me is actually was astonishing. I mean, I thought that the only person that would get my jokes were people that were in the industry. Granted, yes. You just said industry, didn't you? Yes, I did. I just called this an industry. Because it is, dude. I mean, we've had this discussion before in the past, yes. I just like making money. Okay, I know. so continue. The nightlife. This is what it is. But, um... And granted, while there are uh, particular people who are fans who used to do what I do or still do what I do, um, bounce, they, yeah, okay, they can identify with it. And I, I get comments from them all the time, and I talk to them all the time, and, and it's a struggle. You, you, we, we literally deal with the same thing. Wait, wait, when you time. struggle, do you mean like we struggle? No, <laughs> not <laughs> a struggle. When you say the struggle, it's it you know, no, I said a struggle. That it's, has a particular meaning onto itself. Yeah, well, it's a struggle of dealing with groups of people 
uh, I don't want to say it's one of those things that you have to work in the nightlife to understand, but anyone that can understand a particular kind of industry where you're dealing with drunk people all the time. So when you're dealing with drunk people all the time, you have to understand that... Oh, okay. Oh, um, okay. I know. We're, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. That was Lena, one of our awesome waitresses. I did say we were a, a yeah. special bounce edition with Chuck at his bar. Yes. He's actually really, really popular for some odd reason. Continue. <laughs> um, so, I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is that you're dealing with an element of people and various human behavior when it comes to dealing with you when they get drunk. And you have to treat it a certain kind of way. Right, right, right. And, and yeah. it's all important, and, yeah. and, and I appreciate that, but fuck all that shit. Now we're talking about the art. Okay. Right? So, um, like, how do you go out about producing valves? Okay. It's a little different from what you, you're used to, right? It's, it's very different. Animation, yeah. and you do like graphic novels. Yeah. This is a web comic. What's it's very the difference? Different. How do you produce? It's very different. How do you produce it? First, I'm going to say like uh, when you do when you do like animation and comics. I mean, both both of them have their own. You have your own techniques of doing each genre, but um, you do have a platform to tell an entire story through either animating a character. Or multiple panels on the page. Right. Um, when I was younger, and I used to read stuff like Calvin and Hobbes, or I'd read stuff like Peanuts and everything like that, you'd see these four-panel things, and you'd get these jokes that would happen. You'd be like, "Oh, that's awesome! That's cool!" I didn't realize how hard it was to do to convey a whole idea and story within four panels. So that it was with this is its own challenge. Okay. And um, I found myself during the first couple of issues, like a couple of issues about, was like I had to really sit down and construct this system as to how to tell these stories. And I have to pick a topic and then say I have only four panels to tell this particular story. And that within itself is just like, it was challenging. Right, because, I mean, I'll, I'll interject, right? Because yeah. you have a comic book page, you can have anywhere between six to nine panels. Exactly. And then, you know, you can you have some wiggle room and some guidance from a writer right. to, like, to how to tell a story, right? right? Here, just, you are you're staring <laughs> at the blank page, yeah. you have a theme, you mm-hmm. have a subject, and then you have to figure out, okay, so all of this craziness that happened mm-hmm. last night, I just, like, came in, I kicked this, I, I saw this guy hanging out with some girl and making out, and then they go from making out to the bathroom. Yeah. I wait 30 seconds. I kick the door in. And I send her screaming. And the guy was like, dude. Now, all that, that's like, you know, like. That's a whole that's a whole issue. It's like 24 pages right there. Like that's, oh, no, that, that's a poor 24 pages. That's yeah. maybe like two pages, right? <laughs> right, right. But you have to be able to take all of that and condense it into four panels. Right. And also be funny. Mm-hmm. It has to make sense. It has, it has to make to be sense. Coherent. It has to, yeah. Right? you got to have a setup and you have a payoff. Yeah. And your reader has to go, oh. Mm-hmm. And, and on top of that, you have to convey and, and, and show, mm-hmm. right, the character. Right. 
the main character, right? Yeah. Who yeah. is this person? What's his role? What's he like? What does he want? All of that expressed right. in four panels. That's that's a huge challenge for me. Like that that was that was the one thing about when I took on a task to do it. I was like, okay, you know what? Is a story that I want to tell, and I want to be able to to have everybody feel what I go through. But you know, I, I grew I grew up with nothing but comedy around my around my you know environment. Like I I grew up listening to Eddie Murphy. I grew up listening to you know Paul Mooney. You know all, everybody across the board. And Paul Reiser. Who? I just forgot the uh, random name. Oh, okay. I was like Paul Reiser. No. Mm-hmm. Howie Mandel. No? Howie Mandel. Yeah. Okay. My, I, was more, I was more of the person like you know I. And when I got to my teenage years, I was more like into Bill Hicks, and then you had like, oh, yes. you know, George Carlin, and you know, oh yeah, these cats, the greats, like, you know, the greats, um, the the late greats, the late greats. All right, so so you, but uh, back to producing your book. But the thing is, it's like when, when I saw, uh, I used to listen to a lot of the bits that they would do, I would basically like have an understanding of how certain things work when it came to came to storytelling. And while I'm not a stand-up comic myself, but at all, not at all. Put there, God, no. No, never. <laughs> You're a funny guy, but for no. all the wrong reasons. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so I had to figure out a way how I'm going to tell these stories. And um, so, like, did you go through a process? Did you create a way in which you can tell those stories for yourself? Yes. Yes. Tell us a little about that, because you well, know this is the process podcast. Well, I did was I did I did a number of things. I did. Four things. Four things. First was the initial uh, character designs. Um, I already decided that I wanted to tell a particular kind of story um, when it came to having the character, so you could feel the character. I went through, I, I took the main character and I made about 30 heads of various facial expressions. Okay. All within my sketchbook. Like, and this is something that I did when I'd either be when it's really dead mellow at work or on the train or whatever. Because I also do like freelance work at home and everything, so I don't want it to cut into that. But I would do this. Stuff. And a lot of what you do is concept design, so this is something you're right at home with. Yeah. Okay. So I would, I would go through all of these heads of various emotions. And then I would do about 20 different body gestures of the character doing certain kind of things. So, I mean, that took me about a week to get together. But that's all work that I did. So, when I. So, that was you basically getting your character down. Character sketches. Right. This is the the way the character looks. These are the character's expression. Right. Okay. And so, since I have different scenarios that happen in the book, most of everything takes place at the door when they come in. Which is when you see the character, he's standing by the door, he's, you know, checking IDs or doing whatever, it's right there at the door. Um, If you look at more of the the latest bounce that I did, it takes place within the bar because there are certain experiences. It's the first one that happens there. I I set it up so that the character is there with interactions with other characters or whatever. Um, But I make it so that it's one thing. Um, I made it that way to tell the story in a certain kind of way within that moment of where it happens. Also, as far as an artist that has to meet deadlines, because I made deadlines for myself. 
um, in order for me to make it so that it's easy for me to like get the stuff knocked out. Like I can go ahead and say, okay, I have a four panel page and today the character is dealing with the guy, I'm pulling some shit out of my ass real quick, the guy at the arcade and the machine doesn't work. Like, so it takes place right there. So the, the conversation is there. So I don't have to worry about changing the background. The background is already there and it's already drawn. So the only thing that matters is the interaction between the two characters. So basically what you have is like a, <clears throat> sort of like a two-camera sitcom setup. You know, you, you've, got, you've got the settings already there. Like, you, you know, it's, it's going to be one of four different places that right. you always come back to. Yeah. And you have your characters with your players. Right. And then you in the match, interchange them. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's first thing you said. Character second mm-hmm. is, is, is the place. What's the third thing? <clears throat> the third thing is... Um, that you did. I'm sorry? The third thing that you did. To, the third thing that I did was... You. It was um, setting up for panel format. Which was for me, in the beginning, you set up... I, I go into each one as a joke. Like, I'm, I'm going to get ready to tell somebody a joke. So, in the first panel, I set up a joke. Second panel, it explains what the joke is. Third panel, gets towards the end of the joke. And the fourth panel, is paid. So, that's how I go through all of them. Sometimes, depending on what it is, sometimes it, it, it tends to vary. Sometimes the setup of the joke comes in the second panel. Sometimes you have to establish a certain kind of thing that goes on in the first panel, and you're like, okay, okay, when you get to panel two, oh, this is what's going on right now. And then when you finally get, or sometimes the payoff will be in the third panel, and the fourth panel is just a follow Right. So it all varies. But whenever I write the scripts for each one, which is heavy dialogue based because what most people, what I want everybody to realize is that all of this stuff, as absurd as it is, comes from real life experience. I'm not making up the shit that I fucking put down on paper. So, it I mean, happens. you know, you just mentioned, you just threw out some of your references, right? Richard Pryor, Bill Hicks, George Carlin, guys who took, you know, I mean, their bits were all. Pull from their life, right? Right. right? From from what was happening in the news, what things that happened to them. Right. So, you know. And for me, I mean, I, I, I think that's the best aspect of storytelling. Like, the reason why this particular comic has worked out so well for me, as far as like production, is because it's coming from a place that only I know about. Only I can express in a particular kind of way I, I can't the only people some I may do some that people will get I may do some people who won't get you know, but it comes from the place of the hardest so I've had people that have hit me up and said yo I thought it was kind of funny but I don't really get it because I don't work and do what you do but I can kind of understand it and I was like you know what if that's the case then I did my job because all I need to do is to is to explain to that person and say, listen, you weren't there and you don't do what I do, but here's how it goes down. And they can have a little bit more understanding and they get it more, but the fact that they got it the first time... But your job as a storyteller, right, is to not only entertain, but place me, the reader, yeah. 
in, in that my world, place. right? In your place. So I don't bounce. I don't. I, I don't get paid to beat people up nightly, right? So but when I read that. I should be able to sort of get that feeling like, oh, okay, I kind of get this world. I understand. Yeah. You, you know, like I, he's basically doing examples of, you know, nightly, well, actually nightly examples of like cognitive, cognitive dissonance, yes, right? Yes, yes, exactly that. Exactly that. Things that absolutely make no goddamn sense. Yes. No way that goddamn sense. No goddamn sense. But people do what they do. I will say... Um, working this job as a very empathetic person, it does take its toll. People do some stuff that you look at them, you look at them like, I feel sorry for you, but at the same time, I'm going to smack you in the face because you did what you just did. But you Why don't really you smack him in the no, face because you're such a no, gentle giant. Never do that. But at the same time, it I mean, makes you... your facial hair says different. Your facial hair says, I will eat your head. What is up? This is like the second thing I've done with facial hair stuff. Like, a special shout out to, to, to Triple Nation that has made fun of my facial hair before. And now you got this dude making fun of my facial hair. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I actually think I started that. Yeah, I think you did. So it was all a plan. Jesus. Anyway, so I guess uh, my whole thing is most people think that this job or the, the whole process of doing it is just straight up being a badass at the door. No, we are the lions at the gates. We have to be able to assess you within the first three seconds that we see. My man, did you just say that you're lying at the gates? Yes, I did. Are you at the fire gates? Are you like one of the 300 Spartans at Thermopolis? You pretty much. S- seriously? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You just exalted your job yes, as a I guy did. who decides whether or not like douchebag or douchette gets uh, into your job. Let, 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 let me tell you something. Um, like, are they the barbarians a couple, a coming up? A couple of years ago, I'm going to tell you this. A couple of years ago, I used to work down in Rivington. What's and Rivington? For Riv- those Rivington, Rivington is where it, it, uh, some of the bars I used to work at. Uh, welcome Lower to East the John- side. Yeah, Lower East Side, here in New York. Welcome to the Johnsons. Douchebag Central. Oh, God. 151, St. Jerome, and all these other places. Now, me... And a couple of other friends, three other friends of mine, they used to call us the Four Horsemen of Rivington. We were known as Four Horsemen because each one of us had a particular trait. I was more of a peaceful guy. I was more of the dude that you didn't want to mess with, but he will he will give you some cool advice once he kicked you out. <laughs> then there was a couple of other one of us. I'm not going to name any names right now. You'll probably see this in Bounce at some point. But then there were some of us that would have no tolerance. That would just straight up beat a, beat a dude down. Okay. But I will say we had a toast every time we were done. To life, love, liberty, and the lion at the gates. That's what we did. Because that's what we were. So basically, you're trying to say that you've got the temperament of Patrick Swayze. Cooler? Yeah. So Bouncer with a PhD? Yeah. So, so, do, you, <laughs> so do you do like Tai Chi with your shirt off and the roof and No, shit? I don't. 
You no. Like, if I look like Patrick Swayze, maybe I would, but no, no, I, I don't do that. You hear people spinning hook kicks and then, no. and then shout Roadhouse. Though I have the song somebody with a with a box set. That's uh something. When it, when it so you hit someone action. you speak Roadhouse. Yeah, every time. Roadhouse. That's what it's <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well I mean, you know, uh Bounce is a really cool webcomic. Um where can folks see it? Folks can see it on uh, Facebook for now. Um, right now, we're working on the website. Um, so they can just put in Bounce We can Facebook put um, Bounce Strip, facebook.com slash Bounce Strip. Okay. Um, they can go there and see it. Um, the website, which will be www.bounce-comic.com, will be up very soon. We're working out the kinks. This is a couple of things that we're trying to... Do is there somewhere else we can see? Also bounce? on Tumblr. Um, bounce Comic on Tumblr. Uh, is it bouncecomic.tumblr.com? Um, and I'm all over Twitter and Instagram. Instagram and what's, your, what's your Twitter handle? Twitter handle is bounce underscore comic. And your Instagram handle? Instagram is, I think, is, yeah, same thing. Bounce underscore comic. Uh, oh. Keep it consistent all the way through. Why not? <laughs> That's what it is. All right. Well, um, before I let you go, um, you know, I got I got a various emails from folks, and I'd be remiss if I did not post a question for you. Okay. To you, I should say, mm-hmm. on their behalf, and actually, as my on my behalf as well. Okay. So, give uh, a co-created behind a very very popular book. Tales. <laughs> yes. Tell us about it. Oh man, Trevor Tales. Let, let, let's see. Quickly, yes. quickly, just okay. Quick. Really quick. On the bounce. Um, Trevor Tales is basically. You and I have been friends for a very long time, so it's pretty much. I know. So bad, but it's pretty much. Everything that we've been through in this city when it comes to just living. I mean, yeah, there are various things that we threw in there when it comes to uh, certain characters or whatever. When it comes to Gabe, your Steph, or whatever so, else. So, so, I mean, I mean, I, for those who don't know, haha, Keith, I'm co-creative. He's co-creative. Tale. Yeah. And this basic slice of life tale. It's a slice of, of life, uh, yes. Right, right, right. Uh, of, of Gabe and his friends. Yeah. And basically, you know, their life and loves in New York City, right? Right. Their, their, their heights, their travails, and, 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 and their epic failures. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what I wanted to start at, but yeah, that's pretty much Right, right, their epic failures. And yeah. so, um, and so you, you know, we've got a trade. Yeah. It's been successful. Yes. Right? And and beyond it being a trade, you know, there's some things happening in the background that, that, that we've been working on and we haven't talked about for like a very long time. And, right. You know, at some point we'll unveil it because you know the way these things are, they take their time to develop. But right. you know, uh, I got like three emails like last week saying, "When's the second volume coming?" Well, you got to say the folks All are right. like, "Go way to hell, try bird tails." Part two, season two. Part two. Okay, here's the deal. Right. What's happening in the game? Here's what's going down right now. Right. What's going on with Sean? All right. 
We're gonna do it like this. What's up with Suja? It's mad, it's mad, it's mad people. It's mad a lot of cliffhangers that was left in the last episode of Trapboard Tales. What we're gonna say is this. Why are we speaking like this? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but you kinda started it and I'm I'm going along with it. Mm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> No, um I think uh right now uh just for living purposes, I'm doing a couple of freelance gigs right now and everything. But um, once it comes towards September, I, so, I definitely do want to start. So you know, you yeah, you get back to work on it. Getting back, get back to work on it. And you're gonna make that happen. I'm gonna make time. that happen. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Definitely make that happen. Well, um, Chuck, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. We'll probably bring you back again. We'll be here again. All right. Thank well. <laughs> Okay, everyone, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Process Podcast with Keith A. Miller. We just heard from Chuck Collins, creator of the wildly popular webcomic, Bounce. Appreciate you guys sticking around and listening to this special edition. See you guys next time. Take care, and until then, be excellent to one another.